What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LSD Experience. I'm D. Anthony. That is Lucas right there. How have you been, bro? Man, I've been good as always, but what about yourself? Been good. I cannot complain. Um, So before we get into anything, I have to ask everybody watching, go ahead and smash that like button. Also, comment down below what you want us to talk about next week, because this is actually a suggestion from this user. We'll put his we'll put his comment. He's been persistent. He's been wanting this for a minute, so we had to give it to him. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, go ahead and hit that sub button if you're new here. Or if you just haven't subbed yet, which I don't know why you would do that. Why wouldn't you do that? But yeah, go ahead and smash that sub button. And if you're watching on Spotify or Apple Music or any other DSPs that you listen to podcasts on, go ahead and hit the like on that too. Make sure to follow us on there. Also, there's a section for you guys to comment and let us know. We read those every week. So please keep doing that. But now that we got all of that out of the way, how have you or have you learned anything new this week? I have. Okay, what'd you learn? Did you know that the Eiffel Tower actually gets taller in the summer? What? How? Because the heat causes the metal to expand and it gets about six inches taller. Damn, that's a that's a big difference. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, the more you know, yeah. the less you don't. All right, so what I wanted to talk about this week was, I don't know why I'm smiling because it's a very not funny topic. Because of how good that fact was. I guess so. Um, but what I wanted to talk about was an episode that we have talked about before. This is going to be a part two, our first part two, which is the most notorious serial killers of all time. What do you think about that? Oh, that sounds like a really good one. I'm glad that guy commented that. Yeah. So the first one that I wanted to talk about is actually one of the, probably the single most notorious serial killer of all time, who is the Zodiac killer. So the Zodiac killer was a guy who started sending cryptic messages to like newspapers and police departments in the San Francisco area. Right. Mm-hmm. And in these messages, he 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 first said, if these aren't published, I will place explosives around the city, blow them up and take as many lives as I can. So you had like so the the newspaper was like, OK, like the alternative is. Not give this guy clout, which is probably what would happen today, right? Yeah. Because there's you more don't experience want to, and knowledge exactly. about this stuff. You don't want to reward someone for, you know, but so he sent this in and, and they decided to publish it. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy to think that the Zodiac Killer is as famous as he is because he was only he only had a spree of one year. Really? So he yeah. So he start this started in 19, 1968. And continued until 1969. And I mean, he sent letters after that, but there was no other proof of murders after that time. So he claimed to have 37 um, murders, but he's confirmed to have five. But they do believe that there is more, but they don't know if it's all the way as many as 37. That's crazy that like, you know, it's only five confirmed and he's as famous as he is because I feel like. You know, plenty of people we've covered before have had their list hundreds way yeah. longer and they're like nowhere, nowhere near, near as famous. famous. Yeah. yeah, but it's because of what he did. So mm. he would send in these cryptic messages that uh, they were called ciphers, right? Mm-hmm. And he would send them into the police department and the news and he would say, if you can figure out what this is, it'll tell you exactly who I am. And so the news would air these and have people try to solve it, solve them. Yeah. And so. 
since 1968, when these first started, mm-hmm. there have been two that were um, cracked since then. Mm-hmm. Two more that weren't. One of them was cracked in like 2007. Mm. And then the other one has still not been solved to this day. Do you know um, what those three have like told us? Is it like like clues to who he is, or do you have, need all four no, to I, get the complete message? I, I don't know. See, see, so that part hasn't really been widely reported on of like what was inside of these cracked codes. Yeah, cracked codes. But I mean, they still the 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 case is still open to this day in the San Francisco Police Department. I mean, it, it so they they closed it not closed it but they cold cased it Mm -hmm. for a while i think in the 90s and then in 2007 they reopened the case and it's been open since then yeah probably since that guy got that third right and he got more focus on the investigation against like let's reopen it see if we can like exactly headway exactly yeah so there was also um he also committed murders in surrounding counties around san francisco and those also have are still open cases there are people that people say, oh, this is the guy. This is who it was. This is who it was. Mm-hmm. There was this guy who was a registered um, SA person. I know that's a weird way to like clean it up, but you know, um, who died in 1992, who many people believe was the Zodiac Killer. But other than that, there's not really anything. And it's it's so crazy to think this was what sixty years ago, mm-hmm. almost sixty years ago, and nobody has a clue. It's crazy too if you think about it. You know, like especially with how technology has evolved and everything, like AI and stuff. You think you could get like an AI bot to like look at this, That's run through literally idea. everything, and try to see if it can crack the code? Because if there's anything that can, an intelligent computer, yeah. you know, can. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a good idea, but yeah, I don't know. That case is just wild to me. This is Harold Shipman, better known as Dr. Death. He was a doctor in England in the 1970s. Okay. He's known for having over 200 deaths linked to him. Oh my gosh. So when he was a kid, his mother was dying of lung cancer and he used to watch the doctor give her morphine to help with the pain. Mm -hmm. And she was a very overbearing, really expected a lot out of him as a child. Right. And uh, that really like messed with his mental space and everything. But seeing that doctor help his mom while she was in pain, even though she later did pass on from the cancer. Made him want to be a doctor. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So he went to school for it and he met his his wife at that time. And she she gave him four kids. And so after school, you know, he went to this rural town and became a doctor. But he got hooked on prescribing himself this some, some type of opioid like mm. a prescription opioid and eventually he did get caught for that and he got arrested fined went to rehab came back out went to another town and kept on being a doctor he ended up having like there was a, a suspicious number of deaths surrounding him mm-hmm. about it's crazy because he actually had a death rate of 10 times the normal doctor in that area jesus Christ. and it seems like that a lot of them were dying during the day it was a lot of older people and it took a long time, like years before it was actually the undertakers, the people that brought the bodies to the crematorium and everything. They realized that a lot of these death certificates had had his signature on them. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really put it over the edge for them was there was this one old governess who's like a rich older lady. 
And what the hell is okay. a governess? I don't know the specifics of it. All I know is an old lady that has a lot of money and he was taking care of her. She died okay. and in her will left him a lot of money. Mm. Yeah. And uh and the daughter didn't like that. Yeah. So she had them exhume her body and see that it was actually a morphine overdose that had killed her. Oh god. Which caused them to start looking more into like all of his the deaths related to him and in his time as a doctor over 500 people died under his watch and they say at least half of those were because of him because That's of malpractice crazy. or ODing people on purpose stuff yeah. like that and yeah he was eventually arrested in 2000 I believe with like 16 counts of murder and got a life sentence That's insane he was just like Telling them to take more morphine than they needed, and then they overdosed I think, and died. I think he was prescribing. Like I think he, he, I believe that he was an at-home doctor. So I oh. think he was going to these older people's houses and giving them the medicine directly. So he mm. had control over it all. And there was even times whenever he would, uh, uh, there were even times where he would write down that they got caught a sickness or whatever, like right before he ended up offing them, so mm. that they would have like a reason. That's crazy, bro. So speaking of someone who like got the trust of their victims, this next one is, I would say outside of probably Jeffrey Dahmer, the single most popular serial killer of all time. And that is Ted Bundy. So Ted Bundy, he was a, was he the one in the uh, Volkswagen? Yes. So Ted Bundy was a, he was a, like a lot of, I don't, I don't understand it personally. Like I, I look at pictures of him and I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? I do know. But back in his day, I guess he was a very good looking guy. Right. And, and I mean, during his trials and stuff, there were girls out there like going rabid over this dude. And I don't get it. I don't get it either. Cause we're going to put the picture. We're going to put this picture up right here. And y'all let me know if you think this is a good looking guy. So Ted Bundy was actually like a really popular dude. Right. And, so he he went to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, he studied law. He graduated with his undergrad. He was going to law school. Um, and he was like super popular. Like a lot of girls liked him. He ended up getting married. And one thing that you'll see with a couple of the cases I talk about today, which is so weird that there's a link between this, but a lot of these serial killers have like a political affiliation. Really? Which is weird. He was he was he worked on the campaign trail of some Republican in the sixties late sixties, early seventies. Really? Um, yeah, and he was he was like becoming really big in that area of his life, right? Yeah. But then he 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 did interviews where he talked about he had this weird little bug in the back of his mind that always wanted to do like terrible things. Mm-hmm. And so he started off like he would target girls that were um that he thought he could get, right? And so mm-hmm. he would use his charm usually to get them to trust him. And then he'd pick them up and then he'd do what he does, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's so crazy because he 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 had so many murders in so many different places. It was like California, Utah, Washington, Florida, right? Ca- uh Colorado. Florida, mm-hmm. Vermont, like it was like all over the US. Mm-hmm. He was going crazy. Um so it one of the scariest parts about Ted Bundy to me though. This is a this is a and and 
there's no real proof of this, right? Like there's no witness accounts or like interviews from people who survived it or anything, but it was reported that when Ted Bundy was in Florida mm-hmm. at the uh at Florida State University, mm-hmm. there he would go at night and go through the dorms and he would twist the doorknob. And if the door was unlocked, he would go in and kill the, the woman that lived there. Mm-hmm. If the door was locked, he would just go on to the next the next dorm until That's he got terrifying. one that was open. So think about how many people just died because they forgot to lock their door that night. Mm. and that's terrifying to me and he is so manipulative and it's crazy because when he got caught he represented himself he was Mm. his own lawyer yeah because he went to law school he eventually flunked out but he he represented himself and he was such a narcissist that he thought he was good enough at being a lawyer that he could get himself out of these murder charges yeah come on man yeah but yeah no ted bundy is a crazy case and it's so it's one of the rare cases, right, where mm-hmm. the serial killer is a popular guy. Yeah, it, it's usually yeah, like the guys on the fringe of society. Yeah, like the outliers, they had, right. like the, the right, like you know. And I think that's why America is so like captivated, captivated by, by him. It's because he's so outside of the norm. Yeah, which is weird, but yeah, Ted Bundy is a crazy one. Really, honestly, though, I feel like it really just shows. The truth of the, you can't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Like, it's not always the guy that looks all grimy and mm-hmm. dirty and stuff that he's the freak or the geek or the yeah. murderer. It's, no, it's might true. be that clean cut guy that yeah. works on Wall Street. It could be the guy that helps you put gas in your car. You mm-hmm. know, it, it could be anyone. Yeah. And you're right. Just like you said, Ted Bundy was one of the most notorious serial killers. I think Jeffrey Dahmer is actually one of them. I know you oh, brought him up. Yeah, no, I, like, I, he is top. Yeah, no, I think he is the most notorious famous whatever word you want to use serial killer of all time and like i know that he's a really popular one because like you know that that documentary that came out recently or and uh he's just an insane person a lot of people know his story but in case our viewers anyone doesn't you know he had a very troubled childhood Mm -hmm. you know mother left at a certain point there was a time when he was a teenager and his mom left him for an extended period of time yeah. while his dad was out and doing a business trip. Mm-hmm. He was just alone by himself. Yeah. Like, like he's still a kid and everything. Yeah. And how he always had like a little bit of mental issues growing up and everything, a little bit of anger and that he was really fascinated by like taxidermy. Like he would do taxidermy with his dad yeah. with roadkill, which probably led into like later on, like things that he would do in life. Mm-hmm. Not saying that taxidermy causes that but, right right but certain conditions mm-hmm. added into that i don't want this to become a um poor jeff Dahmer thing though yeah because some of the things he did are some of the worst we have ever heard like this man ate human beings no, like yeah. like a lot of them no yeah no this is not jeff pity party yeah right? no not at all no i was just trying to like paint a picture of like yeah. where he come from to show like reasons or like like mm-hmm. factors as to why he became yeah. what he became mm-hmm. which was like a monster which yeah. was a, a monster yeah yeah his first murder was actually in 1978 yep. he picked up a hitchhiker mm-hmm. and he lured him back to his house by saying no one's home you know we can drink we can yeah. smoke we can do whatever you want and because of his mother leaving him and everything yeah. it said that like he had abandonment issues 
And because that guy said he had a girlfriend, and he didn't want to stay. And, you know, cause I think it made him mad. Yeah. yeah he was like, he, those abandonment feelings were coming back. Yeah. Like, you're not going to leave me. Mm-hmm. And in his head, in that moment, the only way to make him stay was to smash Stop him, him over the head. Yeah. Stop yeah. him from leaving. Yeah. Which is crazy. But what's even crazier about Jeffrey Dahmer, and I know I'm jump like the timeline wise, I'm jumping all the way to the end. Yeah. But with the guy that got away. Yes. Like, Everybody knows the story about him. He broke free. He ran to the cops. They came in and found all of the body parts in the fridge. And mm-hmm. right, everybody knows and that, that big part. Vat in his like bedroom and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. But nobody really knows the story of the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So Tracy Edwards, his name is Tracy Edwards, right? And mm-hmm. he, so when he got out, you know, and then the news broke of what was going on as like, think about it, right? Think Mm -hmm. about what that does to the mental of a person. Mm -hmm. First of all, probably survivor's guilt, which is a thing we've talked about a lot on this Mm -hmm. channel, but also like you're a gay man living in the nineties in, uh, I mean, Milwaukee is a pretty like accepting um, or liberal town, but this is the Mm nineties, right? And so you already feel isolated. You already. And then it's like, I I legitimately could have died tonight. Mm -hmm. Like PTSD is probably through the roof. So his life after that took like a terrible spiral. Probably very hard to like connect with other like, like people like try for like affection or love again because you get flashbacks. Yeah. Getting invited to someone's apartment. You're like, no. Yeah. Exactly. His life took a terrible spin and like, the it, it's it's awful to me because i mean i understand it right i'm not trying to say i'm holier than thou but like it's awful to me that all of the media attention went to jeff dahmer let's get an interview with jeff dahmer let's let's get inside of the mind of jeff dahmer it was mm-hmm. never like let's talk to tracy see how he's doing mm-hmm. let let's let's share his story to the world it was never that it was always about the evil of Jeff Dahmer and not at all about the survivor in Tracy. Yeah, or the innocence lost. Yeah, you know? so he spent years and years with drug addiction and going to jail, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's awful. Like, it's a, it's it's terrible. And it was like, it was like it happened to him, and then the world was just like, figure it out. Yeah. And, and while you're doing that, anytime you look up, you're going to see this guy's face mm-hmm. everywhere. So another crazy one, right, is John Wayne Gacy. Have you ever heard of John Wayne Gacy? That's that clown guy, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So John Wayne Gacy was from Chicago. And like I said previously with the Ted Bundy one, he also had a political career. So John Wayne Gacy was actually running for city council, I'm pretty sure. He was a yeah. Republican. Um, but he ended up getting arrested for the essay of a, like, I think it was a 10-year-old boy. So John Wayne Gacy actually also, like I said earlier with Ted Bundy, had a political affiliation too, which is weird that this keeps coming up, Mm -hmm. but he was a volunteer for the Democratic Party in Township, uh, Illinois, Mm -hmm. um, which is like right outside of uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's weird because he actually had his picture taken with the first lady, Jimmy Carter's wife in 1978, which is crazy. But anyways... um, He's so notorious, I think, because people have the like the, the American culture has this weird obsession slash fear of clowns. Mm-hmm. And I he do. used to dress up like a clown and go and entertain kid parties and like whatever. Um, and but he used what he used to do was because he was a contractor, which is why he would clean for the Democratic 
thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he would put out ads for like hiring people to work for him. Right. And so how he would lure his victims, he would have them meet at his house. He would say, Oh yeah. Like, and he was well known within the city also. Mm-hmm. So people weren't afraid to go in. He was like a well-respected. Yeah. It was member, like, like well, yeah, the community. right. It's like, if he tells me to come to his house for a job interview, like everybody knows him, of course I'll do it. Yeah. It's like the head of the union or like, you right. know, like, you know, someone to trust. Yeah. You would never suspect, suspect anything would go on I, I guarantee you it never even crossed their mind and so what he would do was he would um invite them over and then he would like somehow try to trick them into putting on handcuffs he would say it was like a safety training thing where he would teach them how to get out of it in case they're ever in a i don't know how it worked but it worked pretty often so i don't know what he was saying to them but whatever it was it was working so he would get them in handcuffs and that's when he would essay them. And then um, he would like choke them like and they can't defend themselves. And he it's crazy because one victim eventually this this kid got out. And he obviously he ran and told. uh, The cops and stuff, and so the cops kind of had him on their radar. Wait, let me let me backtrack. I forgot this. None of this would have happened. None of this would have happened if the criminal justice system had done its job. He was arrested in 1969 for the essay of a, I believe he was 10 years old, maybe 12 years old boy and was sentenced to 10 years in jail. What, first of all, 10 years isn't even enough, but he got out for good behavior after 18 months, a year and a half, a year and a half. So anyways, now back to what I was saying. So. He, um, a boy got out, right? And then he goes and tell him, yeah, it was Mr. Gacy. He did it. He was trying to kill me, blah, blah, blah. So the cops eventually got on his trail and were like, "Mm." and then they were like, they went and looked in his house and they didn't see anything. So they were like, okay, well maybe it wasn't, maybe he really was just doing a weird interview. He's a weird dude, like whatever. Right. But Mm -hmm. then something, something told one of the cops to go and check in the back. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's when he stumbled upon some remains. And so isn't that like uh, it was like there's like a basement you can get to through like a little hole and like one of the closets. Yes, or something like that. But we're not there yet. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So so he's still in the backyard. right? Oh, now. OK, so that's when they were like, OK, now we got to get in here. They arrest him. They start looking through all of his stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a crawl space under his house yeah. in that crawl space. They found over 30 bodies in that crawl space. So they know that he's had at least 33 victims, but the, some of those bones were so deteriorated and it had been so long that they weren't sure. Like if, does this belong to this body? Is this from another body? Mm -hmm. So it could be many more. It could be less. He could have had them in different spots. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So nobody really knows how many victims he had, but he was sentenced to death after his trial. And he was, like taken to go and get his lethal injection in 1994. And so he has some of the most famous last words of all time. So when they asked him, do you have any last words? His answer was kiss my ass. And then they killed him. That's crazy. Those are wild last words. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy is one of the, like, honestly, he's one of the scariest 
killers to me because he had so much influence and he had so much trust mm-hmm. in his community, right? With with people like Jeff Dahmer, it's like, well, personally, when I'm speaking from my point of view, right? It's like, well, I wouldn't really have to worry about that. I'm not a gay man, right? So that doesn't really scare me. I mean, the score, the story itself is scary, but it doesn't affect me personally, right? And then I think about um, Ted Bundy, and I'm like, well, he he went after women mostly. That doesn't really affect me mm-hmm. either. Uh, and then even like the the doctor you talked about, like that doesn't really affect me either because I'm not old, you know. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, with John Wayne Gacy, it's like, bro, like he. I mean, I might be a little too old for him, but outside of that, he went for literally my demographic like he went for i could have i could have been one of those victims so that's why it's so scary to me because he was he like all he was doing was was job interviews like he was he was running job interviews yeah and i've gone to a million job interviews yeah for all you know you're like down on your luck you need some extra money exactly just like show up and then yeah that happened yeah it's it's crazy it is so john way gacy is obviously a very famous serial killer Mm -hmm. now this one is one that's not as well known though he does have the name of america's first serial killer Mm. his name he was born herman webster mudget but he better is known as h.h holmes okay so he confessed up to 27 murders but he's believed to have been involved in over 200 oh my gosh when he was a child it was believed that he says i was born with the very devil in me Mm. so he lived most of his early life pretty normal, you know, going to school, college, married, kids, mm-hmm. stuff like that. He moved around a lot. And in a couple of the cities that he moved to, or in a couple of the towns that he moved to, there were a couple times that he was spotted with a young boy that would later mysteriously disappear. Mm. One was like, uh, he was just seen out with him and he disappeared. Another one was he got medicine from the pharmacy that uh hh worked at or holmes he got medicine from the pharmacy that holmes worked at yeah and that he later disappeared Mm -hmm. and passed away can can i say really quick yeah isn't it so weird how it seems like and i don't know i wasn't alive but isn't it doesn't it seem like it it was so often that children would just like disappear back in the days and it didn't really seem like that big of a deal except to the family i know it was just like oh yeah little timmy from down the block is just gone just gone and it's like oh that's unfortunate yeah it like nowadays a kid goes missing and it's like the whole world is going crazy about it yeah it's just crazy how how that like i hear about that all the time when, when i do research about serial killers it's like oh yeah he was around when that little boy went missing and nobody even like said anything about cared it. Yeah. like what I think it's just, like, with the advancement in, like, communications and stuff that we have, like, back then, especially in those time periods, there wasn't really much, for sure, like, state-to-state communication between police, but, like, even city-to-city, they weren't really talking to each other as connected, so it was, like, hard, like, say some little boy goes missing in Nevada, the people in Utah aren't going to know anything about that. Yeah, that's true, but still, I just think it's weird, because it even seems like the communities didn't even really care that much. Yeah, yeah. So he moved around a lot and he was known as a scammer Mm -hmm. and he moved to Chicago and he bought, it was right before the world's fair happened in Chicago. So like 18 something Mm -hmm. and he bought this hotel, he renovated it and he turned it into what's now known as the murder castle. 
Oh, gosh. That, that sounds terrifying. The actual name of it was the World's Fair Hotel, but that the Murder Castle is like the not uh, the name has been given mm-hmm. since then. But people that walked by, they noticed that it seemed like a very weird building. Mm-hmm. Like there were chimneys that were sticking out of parts that you wouldn't think there'd be chimneys. There would be hallways that would just lead to dead ends. Yeah. There were stairs that just walked into a wall like that didn't go anywhere. Sometimes you'd start on a long winding mm. path. It would take you forever and then you'd pop out right where you started. Do you think it was to like confuse people that he got in there? Yes. So they, they couldn't get out? That's li- Yes. So that is believed as to why he did oh, that. Did he build this as hell? Yeah. yeah he, well, he oh bought it and gosh. he renovated yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So let me... Li- let me read you a list of the things he did to this place. Okay. So he put in gas lines, secret passages, trap doors, shoots to basements, soundproofed padding, and torture devices. So the construction workers were just like, sure, we'll do that. Well, I don't know if he himself did a lot of this work or it was known that like he was a very difficult man to work with during the renovations and people didn't understand it. So like he went through a lot of people, but mm. I think he did a lot of it himself okay, as well. I see. But the thing is, so with those gas lines, right, those gas lines, it's believed that he would use it to funnel gas into people's rooms, knock them out, and then take them in the chutes or to put their bodies in. So they got delivered directly to where oh he needs gosh. them to his little like torture rooms. That and everything. is terrifying. And he had like tables and like a, he had a hanging room specifically for just hanging people and like uh, tables with like tons of knives and cutting devices and everywhere yeah okay that's insane so he even had this friend benjamin that he would that would help him sometimes in his like insurance schemes and all the other nefarious things he was doing and they came up with this scheme together that benjamin is going to make Holmes the executor of his will or like his life insurance like he's Mm going to get the money and they're going to fake benjamin's death and split it between the two of them so Holmes knocks out uh, so Holmes knocks out Benjamin and instead of getting a cadaver to like switch their bodies and everything he just sets Benjamin on fire oh my god! and gosh. keeps all the money for himself what? yeah and this is the craziest part of this entire story okay this part gave me chills it is believed by his great great grandson that H.H. Holmes is actually Jack the Ripper what because he says he has diaries in his possession from hh holmes where he describes all the like doing certain crimes in london that were the exact crimes described that jack the ripper uh, committed that's crazy how have i never heard of this dude it's great like um I don't know. Like honestly, I feel like the murder hotel in Chicago is pretty famous for like horror horror people. But it, yeah, no, it, it he turned it into a hotel of horror. That's insane, bro. That is a crazy story. Yeah. Uh. Well, I think that that's all we have. Do you have anything else? No, I think that's it for today, man. Okay. Well, good. I think this was a good episode. Hopefully, you guys liked it. Um. Once again, I gotta ask you. Go ahead and smash that sub button. Hit the like button and comment down below what you want us to do next week. Maybe we'll pick your comment. You know, you never know. Maybe. Thank you guys so much for being here. We love you as always. And we will see you next week. Peace out.